You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. took out 20 years of frustration on the Patriots winning 47-17 on wildcard Saturday, and now it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Hello once again everybody, it's not quite Victory Monday because the Bills won on Saturday, but I'll take it. The Bills wiped the floor with the Patriots, 47-17. This game was 27-3 at the half and basically over already. But, you know, they kept their foot on the gas, threw another 20 points on the board just to close it out in style and give Bills Mafia the game that we've needed for two decades. Going into this game, people were looking for every reason to try and give the Patriots some kind of hope here. The narrative was about the cold, and it's going to be zero degrees, and Josh Allen can't play in the cold, blah, blah, blah. But lo and behold, they can indeed play in the cold, and they can play very well in the cold. Um, in the other games during the season where the Bills struggled, it wasn't the cold, it was the rain, it was the snow, it was the wind, it wasn't just the cold. Um, and we saw that all unfold on the very first drive of the game. Now, oddly enough, in talking about the matchups that we have seen from these two teams leading into wildcard Saturday, um, obviously I picked the Bills to win. I picked the Bills to win comfortably by two scores. I thought they would win by 14, and they won by 30. So I know a lot of people out there, a lot of the pundits, a lot of the experts were expecting this to be a close game. But in just diagnosing the totality of the two games prior, I felt that the Bills had figured it out and would show everybody that they are the better team. I still felt the New England would get to about 14. They scored 17, so I was right there. Um... But then, you know, the Bills put on, what, 19 more points than I thought they would? So, yippee. Very happy to see them just beat the crap out of the Patriots. Uh, Sorry to absolutely nobody. The Patriots franchise kind of deserve that one. Uh, I've met some good Patriots fans, uh, but there's been a lot of bad ones talking shit all week leading up to this game, so... Good luck rebuilding in the offseason, and we'll see you next season while we continue our quest for a Super Bowl in Bills Mafia. I shouldn't say we. I'm not on the team, but I do love this team, and I will try not to say we, but I will say we in terms of Bills Mafia. Anyway, this game started with the Bills getting the ball, which was kind of surprising to me. I mean, I know Belichick is the kind of coach who always wants to defer at the half, but if you look at the first game, the Bills deferred and 
couldn't convert uh, after getting a couple of three and outs, and then when the Patriots got the lead, it changed how the game was played. In the second game, Bills deferred again, uh, got the stops, and scored first. And so looking at both games, it's like the Bills want to play this game from in front because it limits what New England could do, and it's going to force Mac Jones to have to play better football uh, earlier in the game. And I think the Bills knew that, you know, if we have to beat Mac Jones, we can do that. So I'm a little surprised to see New England defer only because you don't want to play the Bills from behind if you're New England. And they kick the ball away, and the Bills scored on the opening drive. Nine plays, 70 yards, uh, culminating in that ridiculous Dawson Knox touchdown catch in the back of the end zone from Josh Allen. Now, looking at the play happen live, uh, it looked like he was throwing the ball away. And according to Dawson Knox after the game, Josh was trying to throw the ball away, just kind of hung up there enough for Knox to make a play on it. Beautiful play. Came down, touchdown, 7 nothing. So, interestingly enough, like if you're New England, why would you want to give the ball to the Bills first? I understand you want to get the ball back uh, after halftime, just in case the game is close. But from what I had seen in the first two games, New England had to play this game from in front if they wanted a chance, because that way they can just keep leaning on the run game. Uh, take the ball out of Jones' hands as much as possible and let the defense and the run game do the work, put the pressure on the Bills to have to score. Uh, you know, in this game, ultimately, I don't think it would have mattered that much, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I just figured it was a little surprising to see that out of Belichick, knowing how good of a coach he is supposed to be. Um, lo and behold... Bills are up 7-0, and what do you get in the second drive? I think New England kind of felt that, uh, you know, they're behind the ball now, and they had to throw a little bit more, and that uh, drive ended with that beautiful Micah Hyde interception. Uh, as amazing of a catch as the Dawson Knox one for the touchdown. But in this first drive, I saw some things that I liked out of the Bills defense uh, that I hadn't seen uh, from them in some of these other games against running teams. The Bills love nickel. They just love to play this nickel defense because they have the secondary for it, because it puts Edmonds and Milano out there and lets their you know defensive line work. And in this game, there was a lot of 4-3 being played early in the game. Um, and, and talking about this game before it happened, we were looking at um, having to shut down the run game, right? Just take away the run game, make Mac Jones beat you, he's not going to beat you. And so I liked Leslie Frazier coming out and basically setting that line early. Like, we're going to put an extra linebacker on the field, we're going to make it insanely difficult for you guys to run, uh, we're not going to give you any advantages, and we're really going to force Mac Jones to have to be the one to beat us. And we saw how that first drive ended. Um... It really didn't go great for them from the start anyway. The Bills shut down uh, the first run, and they ended up, uh, Bourne ended up converting the first down on a pass. So it's like, okay, Jones is coming out. He knew he had to throw like pretty early in this game to keep them in it. And then they uh, took a penalty, 
Damien Harris again runs for basically nothing. Jones goes incomplete. Uh, and then there was the big Henry play. And when the big Henry play happened, uh, it was like, okay, well, maybe they're going to find a way to get in this game. They got to midfield, but then Jones incomplete again, incomplete again. Um, and then he busted that awkward, uh, that scramble play out. And the Bills were really content to like play coverage and not think that he was going to threaten them with his legs. So, you know, credit to Mac Jones for being able to convert there and scramble. But if, if that's the battle you have uh, kind of forced him into, you've already won. And the Bills knew that. And on the play after that long scramble is when he goes deep and Hyde just ball hawks this thing from the center of the field, comes over with the diving interception, pins it to his face. So all the momentum is in the Bills' favor at that point. And then they come out and they go 10 plays, 80 yards for another touchdown. Another touchdown to Dawson Knox, nonetheless. And the Bills are just rolling at that point. It's 14-0. And now, if you're New England, you can't run now. Uh, the Bills have scored twice easily on you at this point. Now you really have to throw. And still we saw a little bit of 4-3 uh, out there just to discourage the run. Uh, a lot of A.J. Klein early in the game. So I was happy to see it. Uh, we haven't seen that a lot this season. Um, and against Indianapolis, against Tennessee, against New England in both games. Like those are games where the Bills were very rigid in their nickel approach. And so I'm glad that they just made like a little alteration to that. And at first when I saw AJ Klein on the field, I was like, oh no, like is uh, Edmonds or Milano hurt? And I didn't know about it, but no, they're all out there together. And so once I saw that, I was super excited because I knew that the run game was not going to be an issue and that Mac Jones was going to be the only thing uh, standing in the way of the Bills just steamrolling them. And that's ultimately what happened. Mac Jones couldn't stand in the way of that. So the, uh, the Patriots ended up going three and out after uh, the Bills scored their second touchdown. So now it's 14-0. The Bills get the ball back, and you know the Patriots are in deep doo-doo at that point. And the Bills put another 10-play, 81-yard drive together. And this time it's Singletary that closes it out. It's really been fun to watch Devin Singletary mature into the running back that we've seen here down the stretch for the Bills. He had uh, runs of nine, uh, four, nine, one, and three on the touchdown run itself. So up 14, nothing, the bills know full well, like let's run the ball. Let's see what we can do. Bleed this clock out. Um, and just take full control of the game and give new England no answers. Uh, cause if they can't stop the run and they can't stop the throw and they can't move the ball on offense it's a wrap. And ultimately it was at halftime. Uh, probably even a little before then because they only scored 17. The Bills were already uh, at 20 on that Singletary touchdown. Um, but yeah, Singletary had another solid game, 16 for 81 and two touchdowns. Uh, so you got to really be happy with the way that he has evolved into kind of like the, the best mix of the power, speed, hands back that we wanted. It's like they don't really involve him too much out of the passing game because they have so many receiver options. 
Um, he has kind of taken over Zach Moss's role as the power back because he's been running so well, and he hasn't really fumbled since those early uh, fumble concerns early in the season either. So he's everything everything you want out of the the RB one right now. So congrats to Motor. Had another great game. Uh, really happy to see it. Really happy for him because he was in the crosshairs uh, from a lot of people throughout most of the first half of the season. Um, I've been in his corner just because he's still been the best of the three, uh, no doubt. I, I enjoyed seeing Breda get folded into the offense, but I think with the way that the Bills want to play, there's not really room for him or Moss unless uh, Singletary gets hurt. And even if he did, you'd probably still go to Moss just because you you want ball security, and Breda has struggled with that. Um, so we'll see what happens but Singletary's healthy so I'm not gonna have to worry about that problem right now but after that touchdown Patriots have five plays punt again give the Bills the ball back and what do the Bills do they go right down the field score another touchdown Singletary again 16 yarder and at that point you know 27 zip this shit's over uh beautiful beautiful to see it uh Josh Allen was you know playing out of his mind this whole game uh the, the touchdowns that he threw, well, the first one, yeah, he admitted that, you know, I was trying to throw it away. The second one, not so much. That thing was gorgeous. Um, moving into the, the second half, uh, New England, you know, they chipped on a field goal here at the end of the first half, but that kind of just told you that they were defeated already. Like, you're down 27 to 0. Uh, you're running out of time here. They did convert a fourth down to keep that drive going, but, you know, you're going to kick this field goal to make it 27-3, get the ball back. Okay, what are you going to do? Maybe you get it to 27-10, but that's not what happened. Mac Jones comes out and gets picked by Levi Wallace on the tip by, I think it was Milano came over, made the tip on the play, popped it up in the air. Levi comes away with the interception and... Bills have the ball, and it's uh, starting right across midfield. So in good shape to start. They don't have far to go. They're going to get a field goal out of this drive probably no matter what. we got a Reggie Gilliam sighting. He caught one uh, for four yards there on this next drive. But this was another Singletary drive again. Had carries for two, nine, four. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie had that nice uh, right end sweep and uh, picked up 15 on that. So... Bills are doing everything they wanted to again. Um, and then Josh hits that uh, that deep ball to Sanders in the, the back corner of the end zone, right over the outstretched hand of the defender. I don't know who it was on that, but I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Sorry. If you know, you know. You watched the game. You've probably watched it more than I have. I have it recorded, but I haven't rewatched it yet. But anyway, that was Sanders hauling in that touchdown. And the Bills are at what thirty-three to three at that point. So yeah, I mean the game's the game's over. They're just gonna go through the motions. You you almost expected them to start pulling some guys out because they're halfway through the third quarter at that point. Um, they're they're well in control of the game. And then the Patriots actually strung together a drive. This touchdown that uh, Kendrick Bourne had from Jones uh, on their fourth and goal was a, a nice play. Bourne actually had a solid game overall. 
he's a good player. He had seven for 77, two touchdowns. Uh, so he did mostly all of the work for them. I think he's established himself as their number one receiver pretty clearly. And, you know, they might, they might be able to build around that in the future. But, uh, you know, he was what, like a number two, number three guy in San Francisco. Uh, Aguilar was not a number one guy. So they still, they have an odd identity of receivers over there. And uh, the kid they drafted, Harry, never really developed into the guy that they wanted out of the draft. Um, I don't know. Not playing with Tom Brady is certainly going to take its toll on those receivers. Because uh, I don't know that they're going to learn anything from Mac Jones. Anyway, that they did put together that 11-play, 75-yard drive to cut it to 33-10. And, you know... The Bills could just come out and run the ball. Uh, I think they got the ball with like just inside of five minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, and they did run it. Singletary cracked off a 10-yarder to start it. Um, but I don't think they were afraid. They knew that they were just going to, you know, march on these guys. So come out and they did it again. And uh, this was the drive that was punctuated by the touchdown to Gabriel Davis. And of all the throws that Allen made, I know there were some really good ones, but this one to Davis for the touchdown was just filthy. I mean, when you watch the, I don't know what the camera is, but the behind the quarterback camera, you see this ball come out kind of like sidearm and he throws like a sinker. And so it moves down to where the defender can't really reach it, but Davis can still see it. And he's able to kind of pluck it up around his knees, around his shins and then take this one in for the score. Uh, and so at this point, like, everybody's getting involved, you know. And it's just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, Allen was throwing dimes all over the place. I think he finished the day, like, 21 of 25. Yeah, 21 of 25 for 308, no sacks, five touchdowns. You couldn't have a more perfect performance out of your quarterback than you got from Josh Allen in this game. And after that Davis touchdown, New England's down... 40 to 10 early in the fourth quarter and you know they punt it like I get it like you're not gonna win the game but you're down 30 points with 10 minutes left why would you punt yeah you're in your own territory but like you have to go for that don't you so you know the instinctual Belichick conservatism I think, you know, he just, he can't get away from that, which is why he deferred the opening kick, probably still knowing that you don't want to play the Bills from behind because you start to get into a track meet, and if their offense is on, he's got to know that his team is not capable of scoring at that kind of pace against the Bills' defense. So it is what it is. They punt, and, you know, they get what they pay for, and this is the... uh this is the Tommy Doyle touchdown after this. So they punt was not a uh, great punt at all. And Allen hits Knox on the, the deep ball that gets him down to the one yard line. I think it was like 40 yards on that throw. And so on first and goal, I, I was expecting to see Moss and even the announcers say Singletary up the middle. And it's like, no, that was Moss. I saw him out there. And so they were trying to get him a touchdown, right? Trying to get him some confidence here. They brought him in to be the power back and to be this goal line back. And Singletary's taking that job from him too. So uh, you saw it. Moss gets stuffed, no gain. 
And that's kind of just the way his season's been going, which is why I don't think we're going to see much of him. If you have to go with a secondary back, you'll probably go to Breda out of the backfield, or maybe even Antonio. I just don't think there's room on the roster right now, so Moss will be there in case of emergency, but it's going to be the Singletary show. And so on the next play, they line up, and uh, it was against the Jets last week where they ran this fake and tried to get, I think it was Dawkins, they tried to hit him with that uh, delay fade route to the lineman. Didn't hit it, and you could tell the Bills were kind of like messing around in this game, seeing what they had that could maybe work. And so they went to it in a time where it was super low risk for them, and Tommy Doyle comes in, reports eligible, and the fake here to get open and catch this touchdown. Bills go up 47-10. to 10. Uh, So it was nice to just see him like continually stomp a mud hole in the Patriots. Uh, I know a lot of the Patriots fans are mad that they ran up the score, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, you can't stop it. It's not their job to not play offense. Like, why should they give you guys a chance to stay in the game? That's your defense's job. That's your supposedly number two overall defense. I think they were actually number four. But they were one of the top five defenses. So I think what we saw in this game besides the Bills offense being uh, a ridiculous juggernaut, like they look like the number three, arguably the number one overall offense. But there were some good performances around the league, including Chiefs and Bucks both came out. And, you know, we'll get to that in a different show. But Bills look like the best offensive unit uh and their defense obviously was number one for a reason, but it looked like there was a really big gap between the quality of their defense and the quality of New England's defense. And that's because there was a really big gap. And I know that the Patriots finished 10-7, and seven, the Bills were 11-6, and six, so it's like the narrative was like these teams are close. But in watching both of the games and looking at like the, the totality of what had happened in both of those games, the pendulum had definitely swung during the regular season and the bills played like with no confidence in game one. They played with all the confidence in game two and it was just going to get worse in game three. And the bills just, they're better. They're better everywhere. They showed it. And the, I guess the refreshing thing moving forward defensively is that not only is the defense, the best defense in the league, but there was a really big chasm between how good the bills defense is and how good the Patriots defense is. So that's, it's going to bode well going forward. And you got good games out of everybody in the secondary, really. Uh, you know, didn't really allow that much. The Patriots did score 17. Like, Mac Jones ended up finishing the game uh, 24 of 38 for 232 with two touchdowns, two picks, three sacks. So, you know, as a rookie quarterback who's playing from behind, uh, that's not terrible. It, it was bad there for a long time. You know, they... Once the game was already decided and the outcome was kind of out of question, it freed New England up to play a little bit uh, more freely without fear because, you know, the worst thing that could have happened already happened. So at that point, you know, what else was there to do other than figure out what you're made of for next season? And so at least they got a little bit of that. But, man, it was still good to see that. Uh, You know, a lot of people who have been around long enough – in the Bills fan base to remember the 51 to three smashing of the Raiders. I want to say it was the conference title game. Uh, was it 91? That game was different in the way that like the Bills were 
legit at that point. And that was like just proving that they're really like the dominating force in the AFC. And in this game and talking to a lot of other people as well, like I said at the top of the show, like this was 20 years of frustration with the Patriots being the dominant franchise in the East, um, getting taken out in one game. Uh, I think that's part of why the Bills continued to just throttle them rather than, you know, holding back. Uh, the Bills were still, even though they had won the division last year, had gone 13-3, and three, even though they won the division this year, there was still like this measuring stick that the Bills are being compared to the Patriots because of the legacy of the team, because of Bill Belichick, because of the history. And the narrative that the Bills were like the rightful kings of the AFC East at this point kind of was still not being spoken into reality by a lot of people. That's why so many people were talking about these narratives about the cold and about the Patriots defense and about Coach Belichick is going to find a way to scheme it up and Allen's not going to have back-to-back good games against the Patriots and all this bullshit that people could try to find to give themselves some reason to believe that what they had seen over the past two seasons somehow wasn't real. But I think uh, for a lot of us, it was fairly easy to diagnose. Even though I think in the back of, you know, some people's minds, like we feared losing to New England because of all the games in the playoffs where it would be the most uh, heart-wrenching, biggest gut punch of a loss in terms of the playoffs would be to lose to the Patriots in round one. So I think there was that like fear, that apprehension surrounding the game. But yeah, in doing the breakdown for this game, I was supremely confident. Uh, I know a lot of people were nervous. I said before the game, I am excited. I'm not nervous. Let, let, let's see the Bills go get this game because I know they're the better team. They just have to go out there and believe it and play like it. And they did, and they whooped that ass. So go Bills. Um, trying to think of anything else specifically takeaway wise Isaiah McKenzie still uh, gave the Patriots a lot of problems in this particular matchup the way that the Patriots want to play defense his speed is a problem and even though he only had like six touches he had 70 something yards uh, so pretty good there uh, Beasley you know he had one catch for 19 it was a big catch on his one target and you know, when he was hurt and McKenzie stepped in previously, it's like, is he going to take Beasley's job? And I don't think uh, he's going to take his job full time. But I think in this particular matchup, it does benefit them to have uh, McKenzie's speed being a, a bigger factor in the game than Beasley's route running. And, uh, you know, Diggs still had a good game. He only... He only had the three catches for 60 yards, but he had the big 45-yarder. I want to say it was earlier in the game uh, when the Bills were still, like, building the lead up. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds had a nice game with eight tackles, six solo tackles. The Bills, as a defense, picked up three sacks. Jerry Hughes, yay. Starla Tulele had a nice one, so it's really good to see him back and playing at uh, full steam. And Boogie Basham had one. So overall, very nice. Speaking of AJ Klein earlier, he ended up having uh, four tackles. So like he made the most of 
his time when he was in there, he was uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth overall in the team in tackles behind Levi, uh, Levi, Taron Johnson, Milano, uh, Johnson, and Edmonds. Another thing that was nice to see was the Bills were not uh, particularly apt to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. They only took three penalties for 47 yards. So there was the big one, but other than that, uh, they did a really nice job of staying out of their own way in that department. They ended up finishing the game with 482 yards. They had nine total drives, uh, technically, but they really went seven drives, seven touchdowns. And like the, the yards per pass, 12.3 was ridiculous. Uh, no picks, no sacks, no field goals, no punts, no turnovers. The first time in NFL history that any team has done that, and they did it against what was maybe a slightly overrated defense, but still a very well-coached defense and a good team. And I was in a space after the game was over with some guys from Buffalo Fanatics and uh, Uber Hansel. And it was refreshing to hear that, like, as much as we don't like the Patriots, like, we respected them as an opponent, as a fan base, right? Um, I figured the Bills would still win this game by two touchdowns, but I didn't want to belittle their performance by saying that the Patriots suck because the Patriots don't suck. They earn their way into the playoffs and they deserve to be there. And the Bills were the better team. And I'm glad they went out there and showed that they're the better team rather than, you know, having it be decided by the officials. Like anytime you play the Patriots or uh, Tom Brady, you have to worry that you're in a position where you need to play so well that the referees cannot affect the outcome of the game. And that's always tough. And so it was nice to see that this game just was what it was. And there there was no rescuing the Patriots from this beatdown. Um, they kind of had it coming. And, you know, it is what it is. They'll, they'll retool in the offseason. And if Belichick is as good of a coach as he's been given credit for for the 20 years that he had Tom Brady, he'll figure something out. And we'll be battling with them against next season. Uh, but for now... It's moving on to the Kansas City rematch. And I know a lot of people, interestingly enough, wanted to see the Bengals because it would mean the Bills have another home game. So people were cheering for the Steelers. And, you know, I don't live in Buffalo. So maybe that has something to do with me not necessarily caring about the home game. But honestly, I wanted to see the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the measuring stick in the AFC, especially in the playoffs, until proven otherwise. And looking at the Bills' road to the Super Bowl, my preferred road was New England, Kansas City, Tennessee, Super Bowl, and get Brady and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Um, that way you get a chance to have that revenge game against the Bucks from earlier in the season, and in the same season, you get to eliminate the Patriots and take a Super Bowl from Tom Brady. That would be the storybook path to the Super Bowl for me because you get the Chiefs in the divisional round. So you get to eliminate your, you know, playoff arch nemesis in the next round. Uh, then you get the, the Titans, maybe the Bengals. We'll see. But if you get the Titans, you get a chance to avenge that loss from earlier in the season and prove that you're the better team than Tennessee as well. And they were the number one seed. 
And if the Bills do all those things, they're in the Super Bowl. I think they're definitely established themselves as the number one team in the AFC at that point. And it starts with the divisional round against Kansas City in Kansas City. And the reason I wanted this game, because I don't want any excuses. It's the same reason I wanted this game last season for the Bills. It's like, there's two mentalities. Like, you, you either want the easiest road to the Super Bowl because you want to get to the Super Bowl, or you want the toughest competition uh, because iron sharpens iron, right? And the old Ric Flair saying, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until somebody knocks Kansas City out of the playoffs... Kansas City will continue to be the measuring stick. So I don't want any excuses. I want Kansas City at home, and I want the Bills to go in there and stomp them just like they did earlier in the season and show everybody, and maybe especially Chris Collinsworth, that it is, it's time for the Bills to ascend and that they're the better team than the Chiefs this year. So if that game doesn't happen and the Bills somehow were to get to the Super Bowl without beating the Chiefs, that narrative about the Chiefs would just always linger. So I'd rather have it on the plate, ready to eat in front of them than vice versa. So that game's at a weird start time at 3.30 uh, next Sunday. So it's probably good. That way it's not on too late for the East Coast team. But, you know, this Bills primetime game was going to 11 o'clock at night in the freezing cold. So... At least the Bills Mafia members in Buffalo that don't travel will get to sit and watch this in the comfort of their home or preferred sports bar or wherever. Um, but I'm ready. Again, I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I know Kansas City showed what they can do against that Pittsburgh team, but uh, you know I think Pittsburgh's luck just ran out. They, to me, were never going to win that game. I did pick them to cover... Uh, what was it, 12 and a half, and they got beat by 21. So, you know, Steelers showed up even in worse shape than I thought they would. But overall, I was never in doubt that the Chiefs were going to win that game. The Chiefs have shown that they're better than the Steelers all year as well. So really, it's time. Been waiting for this for a year. Uh, it's time. It's time for us all to sit back and... Remember the end of that game. Remember Stephon Diggs on the field. Remember Sean McDermott out there talking to him after the game was over. Remember him and Josh Allen embracing on the sideline at the end of that game, knowing what was in front of them. And it's time. That's all there is to it. It's time. Let's go Bills. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, if you listen to the show. If you like it, hey, you know, Tell somebody about it. Let's get this mafia train rolling. Um, we're we're going to keep doing shows as long as the Bills keep winning. So I'm hoping to be here uh, as long as possible until after the Super Bowl. And in the meantime, as usual, thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, sharing, wherever you get your podcasts. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills! Bills.